Good morning again, church. If we can, let's go ahead and kind of start finding our seats. And we'll uh, get started here in just a couple minutes. I do have a couple of announcements to make. Number one, uh, brothers, remember, this coming Saturday is the men's breakfast. This coming Saturday, men's breakfast, 6 o'clock at the church. Looking forward to seeing all y'all. Looking forward to seeing the cooks down there. Doing like always with a, uh, a good breakfast for us. Next week, we're going to be right here, back here at the uh, amphitheater. I have been advised that we're not certain after next week exactly where we're going to be, but we're going to uh, be working on that. We'll get the announcement out, and hopefully by next Sunday, we'll have more information on where the next two weeks after that's going to be. I guess Adam kind of told you where we're going to be at today. Last time I stood up here, I preached in Jonah chapter 1, but today we're going to look at something a little bit different. We're going to be in Acts chapter 2. We're going to concentrate on verses 40 to 47 about a vital church growing, but we're going to kind of do a fast forward through the through the chapter to begin with, but before we do that, as always, we're going to pray. So let's go to our God in prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you right now in the precious name of Jesus, and I ask that you just touch this time right now, Father. As I'm a little bit nervous right now, I know Satan's trying to get his foot in the door, Lord. But I serve you and only you, and I pray right now that you would just Calm me and just take away any jitters or anything else that's going on in me so that I can just share your word, Father. I pray that the Holy Spirit just run rampant around this place right now and that good things come from this word today, Father. I praise you for each and every individual here today. I pray that hearts are open and prepared to hear your word and to react Accordingly to your word, Father. I want to lift up the uh, Polina rodeo time and the uh, service going on right now, I believe, Father. Just touch that place in a special way likewise, Lord. That uh, your word would be shared there with all of those uh, cowboys and cowgirls. And Lord, that uh, great things would happen there today, Father. And as always, we'll give you the praise and the glory for it all. For it's in your holy, precious name. Amen. As we look in chapter 2, when we start at the very beginning of the chapter, this is when Jesus had told the disciples and all the others to remain in Jerusalem after he ascended into uh, heaven. And they were to wait there until they were anointed by the Holy Spirit. And then uh, in verse 2, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they, they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and as one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And in this house there was about 120 people. 
This right here shows us that tongues are biblical. Maybe not all of us have the gift of speaking in tongues, but it is biblical. And so as it goes on, there's a big crowd there and they're all sitting here wondering what is going on. Because they're hearing all this different, all these different voices and stuff going on, but yet they're understanding in their own language what is being said. Now, isn't it mighty awesome how the Holy Spirit works? Because of the fact that it's stated in Scripture that when tongue, when speaking in tongues are biblical, there'll be an interpreter there. You'll understand what's being said. And it shows right here that that's being done because all these people were understanding in their own native language what was being said by this group of 120 or so. So we fast forward a little bit farther and there's a, there's a group there that's skeptical, that's mocking them and says, oh, they're just drunk and all. And so Peter stands up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And he goes on in here and he starts talking about how the sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young Men shall see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And just continues on through there. He talks a little bit about David. And what David had to say. The Lord said to my Lord. Sit at my right hand. Till I make your enemies your footstool. Footstool. Verse 36. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly. That God has made this Jesus. Whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Now we're getting in here into the uh, the main part of what I want to share with you today. Verse 40, a vital church grows. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from, from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all, as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, 
and breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food and with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. As we uh, start in verse 40, we're going to see something here that is just absolutely amazing. We're going to see Peter's sermon led to one or two people being saved. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. I ask you right now, if that's not a revival in the new church, there's never been a revival. And I ask you this right now about here, about primal. How many of you would love to see a revival in Primeville, Oregon? Can you imagine if we tried to baptize 3,000 people in the Primeville Reservoir one Sunday? I'd need about 100 good strong men the size of Big John because this short fat dude's not going to be able to do very many of them. But it's just, it's amazing when we, when we look at this, that how God's work, how his word, when it's preached through godly men, will change lives big time. And we see this here, 3,000 were added to them. I'd love to have just one-tenth of that and have 300 people here in Primal, 30 people come to know Jesus. That would be a revival to me. But let me ask you this. Where does revival begin with? Does it start right here? Does it start right here with all of us? No. It starts right here. With each and every one of us in our heart. i got to remember to stay still because the camera's going. But uh, it starts with us. And when we get revival... And that fire gets going, then it just kind of goes out, outwardly, and it catches on. So that's what I'd like to ask us to do, is to start praying about that, individually. About being that one soul that could help start a revival here in Prineville, Oregon. So we go on here, and we get to verse 2, and this time, verse 42. And this is where it really gets uh, gets good. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. The apostles' doctrine is the teaching of Jesus Christ and what he what he was stood for and what he did here on this earth. And so, right now, they're kind of facing. A dilemma, but a good dilemma. Because now all of a sudden it went from 120 people in this room who the Holy Spirit went rampant through to now to what? 3,120 people. So now this 120 has got to start figuring out how are we going to do this. So that's what the Apostles' Doctrine is about is taking all these new believers and teaching them the word of Christ. 
and getting them a solid foundation in what it means to believe to be a believer and a follower in Jesus. So they had a, hard, a lot of hard work ahead of them. There's four different aspects of the New Testament church, of the new church here in Acts. And the first one is the apostolic doctrine, apostle doctrine. And once again, that's teaching the, the uh, new believers about Jesus Christ. The second one is about fellowship. They, have, they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I grew up as a Southern Baptist from a little boy this size all the way up until basically until we moved out here in 2005. And I'll tell you one good thing about a Southern Baptist. They know when they believe in fellowship. Because every time you, you say the word fellowship around there, we, they know there's going to be food, drinks, and you're going to talk, and you're going to chat, and you're going to catch up, and all this kind of good stuff. Never really knew anything about home groups, small groups. We had Sunday morning service, Sunday night service, Wednesday night service. But man, I, I knew what fellowship meant. The Greek translation for fellowship is this, sharing in the lives of other believers. What does that mean? Well, I'll tell you what it means to me. It doesn't mean worrying about having a big old cake or a big old pot of chili or anything like that. It means getting to know my brothers and my sisters in Christ, who I call a church, who I worship with and I praise Jesus with. Many of y'all know for many years through my previous job that I never was here on Sunday morning, maybe three times a week, a year, something like that, because of my work schedule there. We moved out here in 2005. We started coming here, my wife and my daughter, about 2008. I was in Afghanistan. But in June of 2009, when I moved back, they were already coming here steadily, so I just jumped right in. And about September of that year, they started talking about home groups. I'm like, home groups, what's that? Never really heard of it. Well, we got introduced into home groups, and anybody that knows me now knows that that is very dear to my heart. Because this right here, corporate gatherings, is great. We need corporate gatherings. I want to go to Hebrews 10.25 for just a, just a minute. I've got them all marked. i got to find it. Though. You know what it is, but I still want to read it. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And uh, so I, I've heard a lot of people tell me, you know, through the years, I don't have to go to church believe in God. I can just stay at home and do this and do that, sit out on my deck, have a cup of coffee, 
read my Bible, and have my time with God. Well, if you're a true believer, and you're a true follower of Christ, I don't see how you can say that and, and believe that because of the fact that we need to be around one another as much as possible. We can move back to Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Whoever keeps a fig tree will eat its fruit, so he who waits on his master will be honored. As in water face, face reflects face, so a man's heart reveals the man. And in verse 17, when it talks about iron sharpening iron, the idea is that people grow from interaction with one another. And that's, brothers and sisters, that's what it's about right there. That's what we need to do. We need to be around one another. We need to be sharpening each other. Iron sharpening iron. Interacting with one another. I want you to take a minute. I want you to take these, I want you to take these out of the, out of the picture. I want you to forget about the elders, the leadership for a minute. I want you to forget about your family, your husband, your wife, your kids, or whatever. And I want you to look around this place for just a few seconds. And I want you to think about it and ask yourself, if I had a dire emergency happen and I needed to call somebody right then and there for help, how many of you around here have a relationship with each other outside of what I mentioned that you would be willing to call somebody at 2 o'clock in the morning and say, brother or sister, I need your help. Just kind of take a minute or two, look around and think about that. I wonder how many we truly have. And why is that? I think a, part, a good part of that is because we want to stay right in our little comfort zone. We don't want to get out. I'm probably going to step on some toes today. Well, I'm sorry, I'll take that back. I'm not. Because everything I'm going to say here today is biblical. The Holy Spirit might step on some toes today. And if that's the case, first off, praise God you got the Holy Spirit working in you to convict you about something. And if that's the case, then that's the Holy Spirit bringing something to you that you need to stop and look and question about. But I, I wonder why that is about us. We get into a little comfort zone right here and there, and we, we just want to stay there. I don't want to get over here because I'm not, I don't know what's over there. I don't know who that is. Well, guess what? As a Christian, as brothers and sisters, we need to be sharing life together. That doesn't mean just a little bit over here, over there. We need to be sharing it with everybody. With everybody. And as if you can't tell, this, this theme today is about home groups. And I'm, I'm going to get in a little deeper with that in a few minutes. There's a pastor named Skip Heisek. 
He's the lead pastor of Calvary, Calvary Albuquerque. And whenever I'm preparing for this, he's one of the ones that I listen to because I he, he's got a sound doctrine. And I spoke to Rory about him, and Rory said he's listened to him a lot. He, he's a good guy from what I can tell. But one thing he said about, about this uh, section that we're talking about here, you should never have to convince God's people of the need to gather together. And that is, that is right on spot. Because as Christians, we should want to get together. We should be excited about coming together and worshiping Christ together corporately but also on the side we should want to gather as much as we possibly can I know some people think well you know now you talk about home groups or whatever now you're taking away another day of the week I'm busy I've got things to do if you're busy and you have things to do and you you just have a, a busy life Raise your hand. Because I know I do. I've got a busy life. But you know what? We need to stop. And we need to decide what's more important. Is it what we stand for in our walk and our talk about Jesus Christ? Wanting to show the world and be a light in the world that Christ matters and that that we want, we want to be that example? Or do we just want to go on and take care of our business? I got kids playing sports. I got, I got this. I got that. I understand that. I know I'm old. My, our kids are out of the house. Well, I, I kind of. But anyhow, <laughs> my son's right back there by my wife. I'm praising God today that he's here with us. But, you know, our kids are grown up, so yeah, now we got little Emma, and she's kind of showing us that we're kind of old for a one-year-old, but we do love that. But you know, I, I know you're busy. We were that way one time or another years and years ago. But you know, we have to make a decision. We have to decide, are we going to follow Christ and what it means to follow Christ, or are we just going to be okay over here. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the one that just skates into heaven. Just barely gets in there and says, you did just enough. I want to be one who when I walk in, God Almighty says, come in, good and faithful servant. Welcome to heaven. Well done. That's what I want. That's what I want to be. I pray everybody here it's the same way, and that's what you want to be also. Oops. Wind blowing my pages around here. Fellowship. Like I said, that's sharing lives together. That's exactly what home groups are about. Getting involved. Sharing life with one another. The breaking of bread is number three. Be breaking bread daily with, with one another. And that's, this is what they did. Communion. 
And I have to right now apologize to my home group because I haven't been doing a good job of this with y'all. And I'm after up here being up here sharing with this today with y'all. I'm going to make a valiant effort to change that because that's what we need to be doing together. We need to do it corporately as much as we can. But we also need to do like scripture says. And we need to be breaking bread daily together. Now this doesn't mean that we have to be down there every day at the church. and all that. I, I don't believe that it means that. But I do believe that it means that we need to look at ourselves under the microscope. And decide what's important to us and what we're going to do. And in this, hopefully, it's going to be that we want to live our life as close to Christ as we can, doing everything that we can within him. Breaking bread. Acts 2.42, as you well know, our theme for home group is this verse right here. I'm going to read it one more time. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, and the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Prayer is another very vital part of our walk with Christ. And just because it's listed as a fourth one, don't ever think that it's the least important. Because as a true believer in Christ, we know that that's not the case. As believers in Christ, we know that prayer is very, very vital in our daily walk. I've seen way too many times where God has answered prayers. Maybe it's a blessing. Maybe it's uh, right off the bat as soon as we ask him. Maybe it's a week, a day, a week, a month. Maybe it's a year or two later. He answers our prayer. And don't think that just because we pray it and we ask him for it, that we're gonna, it's going to always be answered the way we want it. Because that's not the case. He's going to answer it for his will to be done. And when we pray, we need to pray his will to be done, not ours. There's two characteristics of the new church. The first one is, is gladness. And I'm going to get to this one in just a minute. Verse 43, then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And I've, I've looked through this scripture and studied it. And the best I can see with this one is God is working these miracles and these many wonders and signs through the apostles to show the new believers continually how faithful he is and how wonderful he is because they have all these new believers here they just they need to continue to see things and to know that God is faithful he is in the miracle business. And we know that. We see it all the time. And uh, he's just showing that through the apostles. 
And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And here's the fun part here. And sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Well, I'm, I'm going to throw this at you right now. I'm not telling you to go out today and sell everything that you have. And then because I was preaching this today, think that just, okay, we're just going to go to 962 Northeast Stone Ridge Loop and we're just going to live there all together in one big, one big group forever. Because that won't happen because of two things. Number one, you'd find out real quick, like I'm not always the greatest guy to be around 24 hours a day, seven days a week, up to 366 days a year sometimes. But secondly, if you did that, you'd all have to convert to Pittsburgh Steeler fans. And I know some of you out there, there's no way that's ever going to happen to begin with. Amen. But um, what the scripture's talking about here is they were they were they were gun ho. They were they were what it was about. And they were all about sharing and taking care of one another. If there was somebody in need that had a need, they took care of it. Now there was some problems there when all this took place because some were bothered that others weren't getting everything that they needed because the apostles basically had all the money and everything and they were distributing it kind of out as needed. And some people weren't bothered. Some people were bothered with the way things were going. Kind of like this day and time here, we get bothered about things not going our way. But they were uh, they were all about sharing and, and taking care of one another. And you know, I, I sit here and I look at our church and I, I see anytime something comes up that need help with or financially or, or whatever, I think as a church, I think we do a very good job of that. And I praise God for that. Because I've seen many times, and I, I know of many times, that something has been needed. And members have stepped up without even thinking, without even batting an eye about it. I'm right here, I'll help with, with whatever it is. And that's what we need to be right there. That's what we need to be about, is helping one another, but at the same time, helping the community, people around. Because when the, when the community looks and the community sees a church that is gathered together and that is working together in unity and, and sharing, sharing God's word, then that's going to touch them. There's no doubt in my mind it's going to touch them in a special way. And hopefully they're going to want to be a part of that. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. This is where the two aspects come in. Number one is gladness. It just tells us right here that they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. As a Christian, 
We're going to have tough days. There's no doubt about that. We're human. But no matter how bad it gets, we should always focus and remember that we've already won the battle on this earth because of the fact that Jesus Christ lives in our lives. And no matter how bad it gets here, we're going to live, we're going to spend eternity in heaven. Every day that I, I wake up and I'm sucking air, that's a blessed day to me. I don't know about you, but it's a blessed day because I know that God Almighty has given me another day to testify to the world, to others around about Him. Whether it's sharing the gospel or whether it's just saying hello to somebody or whatever and them seeing the countenance about us. That's a powerful word. That, that means a lot. Countenance. Uh, how somebody sees you. And we, we as a church, we as Christians, we need to think about that. And we, we need to work on that a lot. I know I do. Every day. Because of the fact that the world's watching us. And as I've shared many times before, the world's wanting us to fail. But hallelujah, we've already won if we have Jesus Christ in our life. The second one is singleness of heart. And it talks about here they ate with gladness and simplicity of heart. And that's, a, that's the thing about the church. Now we're all a whole bunch of different people. Whole different backgrounds, personalities. But you know what? We all come together for one purpose. And that's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And as a church, as a church, we should always be like-minded. Because of the fact that we serve Jesus Christ. And no matter what happens, what goes on, if we don't get anything our way or this and that and the other, we should still reflect the love of Jesus Christ in us. Because Jesus didn't sin one bit. But what did he do? He died on the cross for you, didn't he? He died on the cross for me. And that, my brothers and sisters, is the truest act of love that anybody could ever do. Is to die for you, a sinner. So we need to be single. We need to be in unity together. We need to be of one. And we need to uh, continue to reflect that to the world. Praising God and having favor with all of people. And that's a pretty hard Hard one to do is try to have favor with everybody. Because like I said, we're all different. We all have different personalities. Yet we have one Savior. And that's Jesus Christ. And we should all be in tune with one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ. And whenever we get out of tune, it's easy to tell when we get out of tune. Because we can see discord. Discord. 
and things just kind of breaking away. That's when we have to pray hard and we have to get back into line and get back together one with another. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Bless you. If the church is strong, if the church is united, the church is living with the Holy Spirit, people are going to see that. I've mentioned that before. People are going to see that. And they're going to be attracted to that. We keep getting new visitors here every week, it seems like. And these new visitors keep coming back. And that just, that blesses my heart to know that we're a church in a small town of Prineville that we still continue week in and week out to get new people coming into our church. That tells me we're doing something right, brothers and sisters. We're doing something right. And I think, no, I know, I know it's because we're staying united one with another in the love of Jesus Christ. That the Holy Spirit continues to work in and through us towards the community. And I pray right now that we just, we continue this. That we don't just get content with where we're at. That we will always want to be united and we always want to reach out to our brothers and sisters and to the community and bring them in. Now I've gone through the scripture. Now I'm going to just talk to you from the heart for a few minutes. I think... And I'm just, I'm sharing with you myself what I, what I see of this. I think there's a lot of times when we want to just let ourselves just say we're doing enough and just kind of sit to the side. I've, I've talked with different people about this and I, I've, I've tried to figure it out. A home group is an extension of the church. When we gather corporately like this, like I said, this is great. We come, we get fed, we fellowship, we, we worship, we praise God together corporately. And then some of us just go home. And we're waiting, well, okay, it's Sunday afternoon. Next Sunday morning, I'll be here in a week, and I'll come back to church. And I'll sit there, and I'll do my thing again. And I'll just continue to do that. And I ask you today, if that's you, pray to God about this. Because we've just read Scripture. That shows us that we need to gather together. We need one another to help sharpen ourselves 
day in, day out. A little analogy that I that I that I learned last night. You take a charcoal grill, you can pile that charcoal on there, and you can light it up. All that charcoal starts burning, it gets hot. And you can take one coal and set it over to the side. What happens? That fire, it keeps going, doesn't it? Because it's got a whole bunch of other coals in there to keep it hot. But that one little coal over here, what's happening to it? It's dying out. It's getting cold. Why? Because it's off over here by itself. That hit home to me when I when I heard that. Because, and I'm not saying here any of us, I'm saying church as a whole. Because so many people think that because I know who God is and I believe in God, I don't have to go to church if I don't want to. If you don't want to go to church, how are you going to grow any stronger? How are you going to meet brothers and sisters and grow more, grow deeper into your walk with Jesus Christ? If you're just going there and going home, when a crisis comes in, who are you going to have to call out to, to help you out? Scripture tells us we are not to forsake the gathering of the flock. It tells us that for a reason. Because God knows we need one another. We're all sinners. We're only we're saved by the grace of God. But we're still sinners. And we're going to continue to sin. And when we don't have that iron sharpening iron, what are we going to do? We're going to fall farther and farther away until the point is we're going to get to that point we just really don't care. That breaks my heart when I think about people like that. Breaks my heart tremendously. Because as a as a son as a son of the king I want to be around my brothers and sisters. 15 years, basically, I wasn't able to be be there. This past December, God finally let me get rid of that. And what I'm about to say, you might think I'm stupid, but I'm not. When I finally started looking for a new job, the first thing I did when I talked to my new employers about it I told him, I said, you may think I'm crazy saying this to you, but here's the bottom line. And this is you know, exactly how I feel about it. I'm not working Sunday morning. Period. Not for overtime, not for nothing. If you want to put me on Sunday afternoons on the swing or graveyard, that's fine and dandy. But I'm not working Sunday mornings. And they just looked at me and they said, okay, we'll put you on graveyard. That's fine. That's what's happened. I prayed about that job for a long time. My wife prayed for me with it. It's one of those ones you pray about and you forget about it because it had been so long. And God answered that prayer. 
Home groups are a way of life. It's not just something we we think about doing. Home group is a way of life. When you get tied up into a home group, it changes your life. It has to. Because now you've got a group of people keeping you accountable, praying for you, wanting to be a part of your life, calling you and texting you. What are you doing? Why haven't you been here in a couple of weeks? We've been missing you. It's just it's something that I personally can't live without anymore. Because that was church for me for so many years when I wasn't here on Sunday mornings. I never would switch with, with a guy at, uh, at work when it was a home group on Sunday night because it meant so much to me. It meant so much to me. And that's why I'm sharing with you today about this. Because this church in Acts 2, they knew what it was about. They wanted to be with one another. They wanted to, they sold everything and they, they were with each other all the time. I already told you I want to be around me 24 7. There's only a few special people in this world that God gave that gift to. And sometimes they're probably wondering, I don't know why. But we need this in our lives. And I, I ask each and every one of you, Pray considerably about this. Titus, it talks about the senior men and women needing to be involved in the lives of the younger, of the younger men and women in a church. Need to be training them and teaching them. And I agree with that, but I also agree that at the same time, that the older men and women, they learn from the younger ones also. And it's a time that we get together and we just, we live life together and we, we learn from one, from one another. We've got a list of home groups over here. And I'm going to ask you at the, at the end of the uh, message today. That you come by and you look at it and you think about it. Maybe you're already here and you're in a home group, been in, been in one for four or five years, six years, two or three years. You think about going to the same one, I'm just going to put my name on the list. I'm going to ask you to do something different. I'm going to ask you to come over here and look at these names. Look at these groups, the leaders. And I'm going to ask you to take a week or two and go home and pray about it. And ask God to lead you where he wants you at. Get out of your comfort zone. And say, okay God, where would you make me an impact person at? Because that's what we need to be, brothers and sisters. We need to be impacting people. We need to be impacting ourselves first. And when I say that, I'm talking about our our body. And from there, we can go out and impact more and more. But we need to be in tune with one another. We need to be in tune with God. 
and we need to act according to the way that he pushes us and where he wants us to go. So I'm going to ask you to take a week or two and just and think about this. Maybe you're maybe you're here and you already know without a shadow of a doubt there I'm going right here and that's it, period. If that's the case, go ahead and sign your name there. But I hope that you and God are in tune with each other when you make that decision. Because we're in the end times, we know that. And we need to be about God's business in this time. And when we're in God's business, it means maybe sometimes we have to get out of our comfort zone. And we have to do things a little bit different than what we used to do. And you know what? That's okay. I think it's okay. I hope you do too. But I just, uh, I pray that you would give this some time. And all in all, I'll tell you right now, I think we're, our church, we do a great job. Now maybe you think, well, you're just saying that because I'm an elder. Because you're an elder. No, I'm not. I'm saying that because I see this church. I watch this church. And I know what we're doing. And I know that we're doing great things. But I know that we can do even greater things in the future. And I just pray that you you take it to the Lord and you pray about this. And let the Lord lead you in your decision. Go ahead and call the worship team down here because I'm just about done. I have one quote here from Alistair Bass. I like Rory, didn't I? I got, I got a quote. I'm not trying to follow him, but I've got a quote here from Alistair Begg that I, I think is hits the nail right on the head. The Spirit of God leads the people of God to the Word of God. I'll say that one more time. The Spirit of God leads the people of God to the Word. I pray that we have one spirit, spirit and unity in our congregation. And that that unity helps us to spread the light throughout this community. Each and every day of our lives.